Today, a judge denies the motion to dismiss charges against Daniel Penny in the NYC subway chokehold death of Jordan Neely. Donald Trump faces off with E. Jean Carroll in his defamation suit. And Javier Malay roasts the World Economic Forum to their faces. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I'm joined today by Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, who has now made me run 28 minutes late. I'm, I'm, I'm blaming somebody else. You know who it is. I'll out him. <laughs> um, so it's just me and Jason today. All right. Um, there, there is no farm bill. So, <laughs> but we do have some other things to uh, to go over. Longtime viewers will recognize that, yeah, that inside <laughs> joke there. Um, so before we get into it, I do want to remind you guys, those of you who have already heard, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but those of you who have not heard, this show is going to change coming January 29th. It is going to be Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Uh, if you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything else. You will be subscribed to the new show, but uh, it is going to be a new time if you're watching it on the live stream. So it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. It's still, yes, I'm still going to have a round table. Yes, I'm still going to have guests. Probably not Jason, but better guests. <laughs> and I'm kidding. Hey, if it's, I'm kidding. If it's unfiltered, does that mean everybody else in the world now gets to know the Sarah G that we know? Oh. Oh, I'm a little Is scared. Is the world about that. ready for that? I don't know. I'm a little scared about that. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> but it will be at least somewhat unfiltered. <laughs> we haven't decided exactly which level of unfiltered we want it. She has degrees of unfilteredness. <laughs> and it's all scary. Um, but I do just want to like get out of the way because anytime I joke about Jason, um, my mom gets very upset because my mom loves Jason. Mom, I'm just kidding. You know I love Jason. He's one of the greatest guests. Of course he's going to continue to be on the show uh, if he'll allow me to use and abuse him. This is important because around Sarah, I need an advocate. So thanks, Mom. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so um, just get ready for big changes. And the, the set looks amazing. I'm really excited to share it with you guys starting uh, Monday, January 29th. So I want to get into some of the stories of the day here. The, uh, the judge in the Daniel Penny case, if you recall, the Daniel Penny case over in New York City, uh, has denied the motion to dismiss his charges. Um, so back in May of 2023, I can't believe it was that long ago, Jordan Neely was a, a mentally ill, I believe he was homeless man on the subway. He started yelling. He was um, bystanders, not just Daniel Penny, but bystanders were like, he seemed very unstable. We were very scared for our lives. He was telling people he was going to kill them. He said, I'm prepared to go to jail for life. I'm willing to die. And 24-year-old Daniel Penny, a Marine veteran, subdued him in a chokehold, uh, which eventually led to his death. Uh, there were, again, bystanders, well, I guess I need to say that this was a black man because I think that's really what this case is about when it all comes down to it. Um, because Daniel Penny was white, Jordan Neely was black. He uh, put the black man in a chokehold. And even though black passengers, black witnesses around him were thanking him for helping, were thanking him for saving them, um, he happened to get charges of second degree manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. Of course, he pled not guilty, and the judge has denied the motion uh, to dismiss charges based on the fact that the grand jury agreed he should face the charges, which I don't, I feel like 
grand juries mean little. Oh. Like they don't know the law. Especially at some of these locations. Right, like in New York City with a bunch of liberals. Um, uh, no, I don't think I'm going with, well, the grand jury said so. Right. And these places don't even spit on the sidewalk. You know, it's like Singapore right. over right. there. Like, like some, some of these blue states are now like Singapore. You're going to get caned or something for spitting on the sidewalk. Just do not go. You're not going to get a safe trial. Yeah. I saw one person, Sarah, actually, not one person, multiple people like on social media saying, well, if anyone gets into a fight and the other person dies, they're going to get manslaughter charges. Not in defense mm -hmm. of a train car full of people. Mm -hmm. How are we just dismissing that entire part? Yeah. It's like that's just deleted from the record. Right. And they don't want you to know that he was, you know, he was defending passengers. Yeah, including other black people. Exactly. It's exactly. Just, it's ridiculous. So then I guess my question is, because, I mean, he faces up to 19 years in prison. Um, what do you, I mean, what is the, the, the real motive here? Because I think you could go one of two ways. You could go, you could pl you could go with the, the race narrative, right? That he was bl white and uh, Jordan Neely was black and therefore this was a, a racial crime and we have to draw attention to it. Obviously, we know that's not the case, but I'm saying if you are the left and you're the DA, right? Or is it, we don't want people to feel like they can defend themselves. We don't want mm -hmm. them to feel, we want them to feel like big daddy government is the only case that they have to live when the worst comes to worse it's just us we yeah. cannot have them empowered to take care of themselves because it's not just daniel penny remember when daniel penny's case was happening daniel perry here in austin in texas uh he had he had a uh, black lives matter protesters who were surrounding his car and um he had he had a weapon, he felt in fear for his life, and he fired it, and the same thing happened to him. So you see all of these cases popping up all across the country of people who seem to be have a clear-cut case of either defending themselves or defending the people around them, and they're still getting charges. Yeah. Why? It's a, well, I think, you're, I think yes and yes yeah. is the answer to your question. Uh, it's a twofer for them. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, they'll get to further say that we all hate each other on you know, racial you know, on a racial divide, mm -hmm. and that it's, you know, this group against this group, and everybody hate each other. Um, so, of course, punish this guy ridiculously because their skin colors were different. So, yeah, I, and, I'm, and I really feel for this guy because he is not going to get a fair trial over no. there at all. But that, that, that's true. And on the other hand, you're exactly right, Sarah. One of the things that you, they even study in the military is something called the Bubba Effect. And you know mm -hmm. what the Bubba Effect is. But mm -hmm. for people that don't know, it's when the government refuses to do certain things like enforce crime. So then the common people are like, well, someone's got to do this, so I'm going to do this. You saw this at the border you know, back several years ago when you had like militias going down to say, okay, fine, we're going to take this. That scares the crap out of them. Yeah. We, we cannot be self-sufficient. We cannot be able... What else are you going to do? Like, you know, there's, there's this, you know, culture that's absolutely disgusting. Every time I see these videos of a guy getting or a woman getting completely like, crap beaten out of them. And what is everyone doing around? Filming it on their Filming phone. Filming it on their phone. Mm -hmm. That's always the first comment I make. Like, where are the balls of all the people that are, the bystanders are staring? You people standing there are the reason why this crap sucks so bad. It shouldn't be the case because we should have law enforcement that does their jobs yeah. and stops crime when it happens. But when they're not... I feel like that's my responsibility. But, but what does this push people to do? It pushes people more into that voyeur you know, stance of, I'm just going to watch that person get killed. I ain't going to do anything. Yeah, it, right. And it, I would say not, not a, even voyeurism, but just like, it can't be me. Because I, I will admit, I have had a conversation with my husband in which I'm like, if that goes down, like, I, 
I don't know that I want you coming to the rescue because I need you home with us, not in jail on bogus charges, yeah. right? So like, so then it's like, well, I mean, what, even if you are a good man who wants to do something, if, you're, if your loyalties are, okay, I do this and potentially get in trouble with law enforcement even though I know I'm within my rights, or I go, you know, could potentially get taken from my family, yeah. then what happens? See, that, yeah, and that mindset is probably how most people feel. And probably, that's what I'm thinking. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, and that, that scares the crap out of me. I know. Because the only thing that's going to fix the way the direction that's going now is like, it's kind of like uh, Richard Sermon of the Seahawks during the Legion of Boom, where they were like, yeah, we're holding and doing all kinds of crap because if we all do it together, what are they going to do? Right. I mean, we have to have that mindset <clears throat> of we, we're not going to stand around like idiots and let this happen and let these things happen to innocent people. Right. We have to defend our own. Yeah. The government's not going to as it is now. So there's, there, must, there should be a massive change in you know, mindset mm. and a massive movement for people to say, we are not going to be voyeurs. We are not going to be a culture that allows crime to run rampant in our cities. Yeah. I mean, I say that, but then that also scares me because the more they get it more extreme, they're creating this extreme element that's going to rise up. The thing that they want to plaster all over the news, like January 6th, they're creating. creating. Yeah, and I, I think that that's all intentional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All, by, all by design. Um, all right, I want to switch gears here and talk about the... Um, there's so many trials going on with Donald Trump, it's hard to keep them all straight. So today, uh, he was in court for the $10 million defamation trial against E. Jean Carroll. Of course, this was the woman who claimed that she was sexually assaulted by him in a Manhattan department store in 1996. Um, now, Donald Trump, obviously, completely, he denied it the entire time. Uh, she did have a civil case that went through that, I feel like I, I need to remind everyone, the Evidence level required for civil cases are much higher than any criminal matters. So he was not convicted of any sort of sexual assault. Um, it was a civil case that she won with a much lower standard of evidence. But where was, uh, that, where was that court? Which one? In Florida or, or Texas or some other red state? It was in New York, right? It was in New York. <laughs> that's, so, that's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. Don't spit on the sidewalk in these places. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so apparently... Uh, you know, Trump was like, I, I've never met her. She's just doing this to sell a book. And um, his attorney today argued for a delay so that he could attend the funeral of Trump's mother-in-law. And the judge was just like, absolutely not. No, sit down. I'm not going to hear any further argument. I'm sure the judge is very, very uh, impartial. Oh. There's, there's no bias going on. Oh, yeah. It's not like all the judges are very liberal in Manhattan and hate Donald Trump. I'm, sh I'm sure that that's not the case, Jason, and I will hear nothing otherwise. <laughs> um, but I want to play really quickly one of my favorite uh, Donald Trump moments, which was at a CNN town hall of um, <laughs> Donald Trump talking about E. Jean Carroll. This was right after the civil case had uh, had happened. And here's Donald Trump talking about the details of the of the case. Watch. Manhattan jury found sure. that you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. And they went up. OK. I think I'm, I think I'm. I'm the only person in history who had a charge like that. And the, usually you, you leave office, you say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up and they went up with the other fake charge, too, because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. 
This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, a very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. So apparently this, it li- literally, from E. Jean Carroll herself, a tweet, vagina tea fireball in her anti-bird killing collar. <laughs> That's vagina right there. Uh, not to mention her going on uh, CNN and talking about uh, most people finding rape sexy, which I don't actually think is true, but here's this weirdo, watch. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. <laughs> Let's take a short break. Think of the Let's take a short break. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> This is the woman we're talking about who is so credible that, uh, you know, I'm sure Donald Trump will get a very fair trial over there in New York by this uh, Clinton appointed judge. Yeah. So I guess a couple things. Um, One. Yeah, he's not going to get a fair trial in this, obviously. Um, The whole process I think I've said this before, is the entire point of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they don't expect to get any kind of conviction or to, for it to be, I don't know, like successful, it's just the process. And doing things like this, I guarantee you they love it mm-hmm. when, I hate to say this, but if something terrible would happen within his family, and then he has to be held out of that because he has to stick into the process. Yeah. They want to stick it to him. And they want to show him, put him on the, uh, you know, up on stage as, this is your guy, this is what we're doing to him. This is what we're going to do to you. Right. We'll bleed you of all the money. Yep. We'll embarrass you. We'll deny you common civility. But this is what we're going to do to you. Right. Number two is, is um, he was exactly right about his polls going up. I looked at every single time a federal indictment happened or he like had to go publicly into prison, his numbers skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And for a while, DeSantis was catching him. Once the left started this, then he really took off. Mm-hmm. And it really says something now that Iowa has done right now. You, probably, you guys probably talked about Iowa yesterday. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was just astonishing that he doesn't have to campaign hardly at all. Yeah. He doesn't have to debate publicly. He's not on any major news outlet really anymore, hardly at all. And despite there being, what, like four-ish federal charges and all these other things, the public does not give a crap. Mm-hmm. They are so pissed mm-hmm. that it feels like they're willing to say, now you've charged us, now we're, now we're yeah. all in. Yeah. And this guy's going in to the, to the White House, whether you like it or not, yeah. which is kind of cool. Actually. I, I, I was going to say, I mean, I certainly hope that that's what happens, because certainly we can't uh, handle four more years of what we're currently under. I would, can I say, I don't yeah. know if there's time, but... I, I would actually be happy with either a Trump, DeSantis, or Vivek win. I really would. Nikki Haley is the only one that I absolutely do not want anywhere near the White House. But like, if you're voting and say, I want the smartest guy to be the president, mm-hmm. vote for Vivek. If you want a guy that's got an awesome track record and really destroyed the left successfully, vote for DeSantis. 
If you want a guy that can galvanize the most amount of people into the movement, vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. You can't go wrong with those three. Yeah. I think all three of them should get together and go, go forward on well, it. Well, certainly I would say um, whoever the primary winner is, which I, it's going to be Trump, um, I don't want to hear, I can't vote for him. I wanted DeSantis. I can't vote for him. Shut, Shut up. up. That's the worst. Shut up. Do you, I mean, have you seen what's happened now that Biden has been at the helm of things for as long as he has? You think that it's going to go better? We can't survive another four. No, of course we can't. Of course we can't. So I don't want to hear this in-party petty bitching and moaning about, you know, well, but if my guy doesn't get in, I'm just not going to vote. Shut up. Shut up. Um, have I made myself clear? Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and when we get back, we, you mentioned um, Iowa. So I want to I talk about the presidential race um, and about uh, Nikki Haley in particular. Jason's already laughing. I love it. Um, <laughs> but first, I want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. So look, we are about to talk about this presidential election that we are heading into in November. And um, there's one thing you can be sure of. 2024 is going to be a tumultuous year. So how are your hard-earned savings going to fare? You are already seeing the impacts of Biden inflation at the pump, at the grocery store, and the dollar is going to just continue to lose buying power quicker than wages can increase. So you really need to think about protecting your savings. All right, please consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. My family has worked with Birch Gold. We did it again just recently. And for decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. You can own it in, I don't really, I don't think people, most people realize this, you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA uh, with the help of Birch Gold, and you're not going to incur any fees for transferring it into uh, a gold IRA. So you can text the word Y to 989898. Birch Gold's going to send you a free information kit on gold, and they can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into that IRA with gold. Like I said, you're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. There's no reason not to just get the information, all right? I'm not a financial expert, but they are over at Birch Gold, and they can explain why gold could be the right bet for you. You can go to uh, text the word Y to 989898. That is texting the word Y, W-H-Y, to 989898. All right, CNN has canceled its New Hampshire debate, uh, the GOP debate, after Nikki Haley said she would not participate in another debate against Ron DeSantis. So she tweeted out, posted on X, whatever the hell you want to call it. We've had five great debates in this campaign. Unfortunately, Donald Trump has ducked all of them. He has nowhere left to hide. The next debate I do, I will, will either be with Donald Trump or with Joe Biden. I look forward to it. So this is a very weird strategy, I feel like, because right after Iowa, she kept saying, she, like her, her speech made it sound like, well, this is now a two-person race. And this is, and it's like, I mean, I don't, really know what you mean by that because you came in third. So the idea that like debating Ron DeSantis is beneath you is a little strange to me. What what do you make of it, Jason? Uh, well, yeah, I don't, that, that two-person race thing makes absolutely no sense unless she's thinking, looking ahead towards New Hampshire where she has a pretty good shot of being number two in New Hampshire. Yes, but, but so yeah. then does that negate Ron DeSantis being number two in Iowa? No, because Ron DeSantis is, but the reason is New Hampshire's demographics are just different. There's yeah. a lot more independence. Right, of course. Left or leaning people up there. So yeah, I, I, no, I really don't know. I, 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 the, the debate thing is, 
I think it's pretty much what DeSantis was saying afterward or tweeting afterwards that I think actually she just really just doesn't want to answer some of these tough questions mm -hmm. because she has not done well when she's been put on the spot. Like the trans stuff, the abortion yep. stuff, yep. the things back, remember, with Disney. Yep. She is a nightmare. And it's completely crazy because I remember thinking that would be hilarious if she broke that glass ceiling and she became the president. I, I was thinking this, you know, back in 2020 or whatever. But then once we started actually hearing what she really believes, right? oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like if you thought Mitt Romney would have been bad. <laughs> I mean, she's right there in that, yeah. right there in that league. Yeah. Just be awful. Yeah. I, she, yeah, I, I do, I do, I have got a good friend that's a Nikki Haley supporter. I do not get it whatsoever. Because when you point these things out, they're like, yeah, but you know, she has the ability to bring a lot of people in the middle together. And I'm like, to do what though? Exactly. What would those people in the middle be doing exactly. with her in power? Exactly. That's scary. I know. Um, so you mentioned it. Ron DeSantis tweeted out after Nikki Haley made this decision. Nikki Haley is afraid to debate because she doesn't want to answer the tough questions, such as how she got rich off Boeing after giving them millions in taxpayer handouts as governor of South Carolina. The reality is that she is not running for the nomination. She's running to be Trump's VP. I won't snub New Hampshire voters like both Nikki Haley and Donald Trump and plan to honor my commitments. I look forward to debating two empty podiums in Granite State this week. Um, you know, it's a... Uh, the Trump-Haley ticket just... I, I talked with Stu about this earlier this week, but I just don't... I don't get it. Oh, no. I just don't. I, and I don't understand how Donald Trump would ever consider, after all of the smack that she's talked about him for so many years... Not, yeah. I mean, it, it might be different if it was just in this primary... But it's been years now. And Trump, the person who values loyalty the most, is going to be like, yeah, I'll put her on my ticket. I just don't see it happening. But then it's like, but I could also see him surrounding himself with advisors who would be pushing it. Yeah, because the only point of a vice president is just to bring in a certain electorate. Yep. That, that's it. Yep. And so you're really just playing identity politics, right. just yep. like Biden just did. Right. So, I mean, if you're a conservative, you're not... I mean, a real conservative, you're not voting for, because uh, uh, Nikki Haley's on the ticket. Right. You're not. Right. Like, you're scared that she's on there. Right. right. Um, but actually, that was, I would say that he would have, Trump would have done it before she started opening her mouth and letting us know what she believes in. Yeah. But I think Vivek has a very strong chance at this point. Mm -hmm. He has, also has a young demographic. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, like in the middle, you're on Twitter a lot, like there's a lot of in, like influencers that just love Vivek. Yeah. Vivek's smart. Yeah. I, I, get, I completely get it. Yeah. But having him as the number two, I initially kind of like, I was like, why is Vivek getting into it? And then eventually, because he has no shot of actually yeah. winning. Yeah. But I loved having his new ideas in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Trump being in the White, or uh, Vivek being the vice president also has that same benefit. All of his ideas are going to be at the table when Donald Trump is trying to figure out what he's going to do. I, I like that better than it's just a bunch of random, you know, bureaucrats or advisors. Yeah. I mean, Vivek's different. He thinks differently, and he's extremely smart. Having him there is, I think, is a big-time bonus. So I'm all in on that. Yeah, I mean, you, gosh, you sound like a Vivek fanboy. Well, I, so I, I think there were times when I didn't really, like, trust the guy. Because that's, that's where I'm still a, at. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems very inauthentic. And I know you guys, there's like people in the chat who are going to get mad because they're like, you have no reason not to trust Vivek. I mean, I do have some reasons and I shared them in an episode. I encourage you to go look for it. So I'm not basing this off of nothing. Yeah. Right. They, they could be easily explained away. But I'm just saying like I, it does. It feels very inauthentic the way that he's flip flopped on a couple things previously um, and the over rehearsed lines. But so this is what I said the other night. If I'm reading a transcript of what Vivek is saying, 
I'm all in. Like, I love every single word that he says when I'm reading it on paper. It's just like the over-rehearsed theatrics of it all that make me, it just gives me pause. Yeah, so I, I felt the same thing. But yeah. I, I don't know, and I still not, I, look, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I do not, I in, inherently do not trust any politician. I am never a truster of a politician. They're like, do you trust this politician? Well, no, I don't trust any of them. Right. And they're like, well, do you support this one? No, I'm not a specific supporter of anyone. If they say the things I like, then I'll vote for them. Yeah. You know? And then it remains to be seen if they let us down or not. So that's kind of where I'm at. But I mean, I, I think that having someone with the Vake's level of intelligence, and as it's directed so far as we see, mm-hmm. in the direction that we agree on, which it seems like he is, yeah. 100% of the, uh, 100% every single day, I'm saying yes. He needs to be standing next to Donald Trump, just just I'd for his ideas. I would be comfortable with that. I would be comfortable with a vice president. Uh, would this be the most expensive job interview for vice president in history? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Like, like he dropped out immediately. He was like, "Oh, where's Trump?" Yeah. He was like going on stage, you know. Yeah, and, I was yeah. like, you know and there was that one tweet where he's like, "How would you like for that extra eight percent?" You know yeah, what I mean? And I was like, yeah. "Okay, buddy, we yeah. see what you did there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you see that? Um, while we're on the topic of the presidency, and then I know we got to go to break here, but did did you see? I wish that I had um, asked my producers to pull it. Uh, Meek Mill who is like a very famous rapper, he tweeted, I'm trying to find it, he tweeted out, he was retweeting um, a video of, I believe it was like Donald Trump and Vivek. It, it was the, the meeting that you're talking about where like Vivek's introducing Trump and they hug and it's this like, cute little moment for them. And uh, Meek Mill retweeted it and said, wait till y'all see who the black people in poverty voting for. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that a lot. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm hearing that a lot, Sarah. I mean, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Enough to where some people are saying there might be a surprise in some of like these inner city areas. Just watch. Wow. I know. I, I don't, the, the guy has 11.3 million followers on Twitter. Yeah. Just just to give you an idea of like how many people are seeing him. P- people like he is what I would call an influencer. Yeah. And he's tweeting that out. If, so. you, if, if you are if you are in uh, below the poverty line, maybe living in projects or in inner city areas where crime is bad and maybe you even feel like you're being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Which guy are you going for? Right. Are you going for the old geriatric guy who everyone knows his son is profiting off your name and, the, and we're getting millions and they never go to jail and see anything? Or are you getting the guy that's being federally indicted every right. other day? right. I, the left did this to themselves. Yeah. I love the fact that they're now going to have to sleep in that bed. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah. Have fun with it. Um, all right. We've got to uh, take another quick break. We'll be back with more. But we do want to thank our sponsor this segment, Jace Medical. So um, this past December, drug shortages actually hit a record high. And uh, it's causing severe disruptions in medical treatments. There's delays, there's treatment cancellations, and uh, the unfortunate rationing of sometimes vital medications. Even drugs as important as the antibiotic amoxicillin are in really short supply right now, along with, oh, just, you know, 294 others. And doctors are saying they've they've been forced to make impossible choices, including which patients are going to be prioritized to receive potentially curative therapy. That is not a position that you want to be in. That is why you need the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency kit. It has five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. They're even offering ivermectin in that Jace case as an option. And you can buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own and personalize it to their needs. Because look, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, which is 
as it turns out right now. So go get you one. If you've got, you know, adult kids with their own kids, you've got grandkids, you know what? Go buy one for your family as well. You can go to jacemedical.com, enter code Sarah at checkout for a discount on your order. That is promo code Sarah at jasemedical.com. President of Argentina, Javier Malay, uh, flew his happy behind <laughs> over to the World Economic Forum in Davos, and uh, it was a great moment. Told Klaus Schwab and the rest of them to their faces, they're like, yeah, actually, you guys are the problem, not the solution. And I want to play just, a, of course, it's translated, but I want to play just a little clip of his full speech. Watch. Good afternoon. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us Argentines to testify to these two points. Mm -hmm. Now, Jason, you are typically the person that like has to watch the full things, has to read the full laws. Did you watch this full? Oh, yeah. It was like a 23-minute speech. Yep. Tw yeah. 20, yeah, around 23 minutes. Uh, everyone should watch it. Yeah. It is amazing. Um, I, what's hilarious is no one there can really intellectually, I don't think, go toe-to-toe -to -toe to with Javier Malay mm. because he's not a politician. Right. He's an economist that studied people like Milton Friedman, Thomas Sowell type. Mm -hmm. And this is like if Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell had a baby. Javier Malay. In Argentina, it was a wild night in Argentina, you know what I mean? And Malay... Yeah, but wait, there's one other thing there that I'm not quite sure well, makes sense. We won't go into that. Okay. Are you a scientist? Are you like a biologist? Not a biologist, so this what is do bull I know? Crap. Um, <laughs> This is like, like, I mean, for all, this is for all the, gen, all the Gen Xers must love him. Well, at least the, think like I think. Because all of us wanted like a Thomas Sowell, you know, Milton Friedman ticket. You know, we wanted those two guys. Yeah. You know, I, uh, that would have been amazing. Well, if we can't have that, we can have Javier Malay mm. because he's a similar thinker. He's a big time thinker and he has the balls to say what needs to be done. Like, let's abolish the state bank. Like everyone there was like, oh, my gosh, like, what did he just say? It's completely backward of how people at the World Economic Forum talk. But I mean, he was like he was talking about how socialism is the enemy. Um, he was talking. He said that like big taxes, you know, lead to corruption. And he's just like staring right at him. I mean, he's clearly just basically standing there and flipping everybody off while speaking. Like it was a machine gun middle finger, you know, just keeps going off. It was just, it was awesome. Did you see him get, get uh, interviewed right as he was stepping on the airplane to no. leave? They knew this was coming. because So right as he was leaving, this came out before he got a, did the speech. The, the reporter was like, uh, you know, President Malay, why are you um, even going to the World Economic Forum? And he's like, I straight up, I am going there to inject some freedom into a place that doesn't have much. I was like, dang, I don't 
Oh, it was like, it was amazing. Um, so I want to play one more clip here that we have. You mentioned him talking about um, taxes. Um, let's play a clip of him talking about taxes and freedom. Watch. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax, and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes? Which means that the state is financed through coercion, and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion, and the lower the freedom. Oh, good. That, that was the intellectual way of just putting a meme that says taxation is it's theft. theft. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So great. You're right. I mean, for us simple-minded folk, I just sit here and say, uh, this is just your daily reminder that taxation is theft. He makes it sound so much prettier than when I say it. Yeah, he does. Except, I, I, why are, like, cool guys and deep thinkers always have such crazy hair? If we could just get him to work on his hair a little bit, he, he would look a lot more credible. I feel like there's a little bit more, like, I, there's a little bit of... It, like you have to be a little eccentric to, <laughs> yeah. to be one of these deep thinkers, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And, plus, and that like, just comes with crazy hair. Uh, that just comes with crazy hair. Yeah. And there's a lot of libertarians that, that look kind of similar, you know what I mean? But they're You're just... Right, actually. They're not willing to be like, ah, taxation is left, you know? Like, I don't yeah. have hair, so I don't have to worry about it. But if I did have hair, it would probably look like that, I think. <laughs> Dang it. There was one hilarious part where he ends the speech, and he's, like, talking about freedom, and he ends it with, it ends it with like, this is freedom, damn it. And then the way the but he, the way he says it is so into it, but the translator sounds like one of those like oh, AI funny. bots, and is like, "This is freedom." That's funny. damn it. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor. This segment, Relief Factor. So, uh, if you are one of millions of Americans who live in constant pain, and you're just like, you're kind of like just getting yourself through it, you're managing, but uh, you're finding that maybe it's affecting uh, your daily life. Maybe you're a little bit less patient with your spouse and your kids. Maybe you're just grumpy all the time because you're just living in pain. Please, would you try Relief Factor, all right? Um, it is an, it's natural. So people like, I don't know, men, I'm just going to be sexist and say men sometimes say like, oh, it's natural, but it doesn't work. It actually does. And this guy right here has actually seen how Relief Factor can be life-changing because he was... You were, he was in the, the military, and he banged up your knees a little bit. My knees were destroyed. Yeah. Some sports when I was a kid and, and the military, they finished me off. But, so I was a complete skeptic. I was just like what yeah. you said. Yeah. Literally, it, took, it, it was a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. and I was already back to running the same distances that I was running when I was 20 years old. Amazing. Insane. It's just, there have been so many success stories. Jason's, I've tried Relief Factor. It works for me. It works for Glenn. Um, it, it changed Glenn's life. So there have been so many, so many of us here just at Blaze um, who have seen success with Relief Factor. So if you guys go to their website, get their three-week quick start. 70% of the people who go on there to order that continue ordering it. That's how many people it's working for. So you can go get that three-week quick start. It's $19.95 over at relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. All right, this next, next topic that we are going to cover, um, I'm afraid 
it will not take very long for us to leave you if you are watching on YouTube. Um, so make sure that you go over to Blaze, blazetv.com, um, and I think you can use promo code NEWS for some savings. Um, but look, just is what it is, all right? Blame the YouTube overlords. Don't blame us because um, we don't want to leave you. We don't want to be permanently removed from your YouTube access. So um, <laughs> we'll just see. I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to be right now. I don't know if we're going to start getting into it and then they're just going to like cut it. But bye-bye. We'll see you in a bit. Uh, this could the, be one of two topics. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> that I know of. Yes. I'll guess. Okay, I'll keep it in my head. What? See. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Okay. The Maine Judiciary Committee uh, faced intense scrutiny today as it postponed a work session on a controversial bill that would block cops from reuniting children from out of state with their parents if they had been brought to Maine to receive sex change drugs or surgeries. This is uh, LD 1735 called an act to safeguard gender affirming health care. And it was introduced by um, Representative Lori Osher, who told the Maine Wire last year she was inspired to introduce the bill after talking with transgender activists who had gotten a similar measure passed in California boy, because, you know, it's not gotten out of control in California. And um, obviously there's been a lot of heated debate on this. And it, so it aims to prevent the enforcement of laws from other states if a child has been brought to Maine to receive sex change, drugs or surgeries. And so Maine would get, if this is passed, Maine would get temporary emergency jurisdiction over minors from other states who are unable to uh, access their gender affirming health care due to parental or guardian opposition. So we are literally, literally, Jason, talking about in 2024, a state making themselves the guardian of your child who you have decided, I am not insane and I don't want my child to undergo a surgery in which she cuts off her own breasts I don't want that for her and I am her guardian and I get to make those decisions for her and Maine can say, not if she comes over here. Mm -hmm. Not if she comes over here. If she comes over here, she's ours now. Like, I cannot believe we are living in this world right now. I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm almost rendered speechless, which, ask my husband, barely ever happens. And I just, I, I see this and I'm just like, I don't even, it's so hard to even comprehend how we got here. I don't, I, I, like, we are actually talking about this. How in the world did we get here so quickly? I don't know how it happened so quickly. That, that's kind of shocking to me, but it's not shocking at all to me that this, is, this just happened. I mean, this is just another day. It, it's, it's sad. But what makes this even, even more evil than it is is that sexually mutilating children is a political and economic issue. They want to make money off of it. They want to use it as a political issue, as a reason to divide again, to create another class of, you know, people that, you know, that they can say, oh, we, you know, we love you. We support you. So go vote for us. Mm -hmm. Th that's what it's really all about. Um, I saw a graphic the other day. Maybe it was today where it showed the clinics that would allow this like back in like 2000. Yeah. And it yep. was like, I've you saw it. that? It yes. was like two on yes. the East Coast. Yes, I've seen it. And then 2024 uh -huh. all over the place. Uh-huh. That is wild to me. So, yeah, to, to your point, it's happened very rapidly. But the fact that it's about politics and some of these m clinics making money, that's why they're willing to seize your child from you and take control. That's 
Sounds like it should be in a horror movie. That's insane. I mean, this is state-sponsored kidnapping. Yeah. This is a state kidnapping your child. And this kind of is why when people go, I will never vote for Donald Trump. I'm not voting unless it's Ron DeSantis. Shut the up. <laughs> like, uh, this is what we're talking about. We are literally talking about a time where states are... California, to this woman's point, California is already doing it, right? So they're not even the first state that's talking about doing that. We are talking about state-sponsored kidnapping and massacring of children, and the parents can do nothing about it. And you want to tell me you're going to take your ball and go home and stay home on election day because your primary guy didn't get in? Where, where do we go in four more years of Biden? Where do we go? Where are we, are we going to do it to toddlers next? Are we gonna are we gonna be uh, sterilizing our toddlers? We're gonna be, give, be giving puberty blockers to our toddlers because my son the other day wanted to put my headband on, so he must be a girl. I mean, where does this freaking end if we don't go out and change it at the ballot box? To your answer your question, in four years, where does this go? It's from the federal level, not a state level. So it gets yeah. even worse. Yeah. So if from the federal level, if you're in a red state that is, actually has common sense and is like, no, we're not doing this, the feds will try to come down and try to force the mandate within the states. That, that, that's where yes. this is heading. Yeah. It's only going to grow larger and larger and larger. I mean, this, this year is crazy, Sarah. Mm. This is such an important year. No. And not only for the United States, for the entire world. We, uh, Glenn's doing a show tonight where he showed that for the first time in history, we're almost around 50%. It's not, it's 40-something, 40-something percent of, pe of people are going to the polls all over the world. It's never happened going all the way back to uh, 1800. So most people this year, all throughout the world, are voting on to critique stuff like the Great Reset or things that Malay was, you know, going out against or r this radical LGBT, elemental PQ crap yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is the year where you can make a difference. Right. Just, we just got to do it. Yeah. Like, sh I don't care what you have going on in your personal life. Show up at the ballot box. Show up. It doesn't matter. It's way too important. Maybe not for you, but for your kids and your grandkids. I mean, it really could change everything. Yeah, and that's, that's why your point is so important. Because if you just get butthurt because I, you were such a DeSantis guy or a Trump guy or a vague guy and they didn't win... Come together for yes, the GOP yes, regardless. Yes, It's yes, got to happen. Yes, and it's the same. I know we got to go to break. It's the same freaking thing that I said the day that Ron DeSantis officially entered the primary. Like, you guys, you want to bicker and you want to have your petty infighting, whatever. But at the end of the day, when we do have a nominee and that is official, you better be prepared to all come together and unite because it's the only way that we're going to fight back against this. Um, all right, we got to take a break and I I'm, I'm need to... I don't know, drink my water, I wish, I wish it was not water at this point. <laughs> we'll be right back. I love how you're just looking for something to throw. I really am. Well, um, if uh, I wasn't scared of planes enough, a uh, snake emerged midair on an AirAsia Airbus A320 flight from Bangkok to, I don't know how to say that. Looks like it. <laughs> but I feel like it. <laughs> it's just a fancy way of saying that. And I just. Oh. My. No. No, 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 no. What would you do? What is. No. No, 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 no. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, that's just like a garter. No, it is so, no, oh, no, no, no. I figured you'd have like four of these as pets at, at this point. Snakes? <laughs> Absolutely not. Could you imagine? I feel like, to Jason, you said this over the break, there was a movie that was made about this. Yeah, where was Sam Jackson at that point? He should have busted through and took care of that. Enough snake. with the, I guess I won't again. <laughs> Enough with these MFN snakes on this MFN plane. Gotta have it. Mm -mm. Gotta mm -mm. have it. So I'm officially never flying again. Oh, the DEI didn't the do DEI, it for you? The DEI did that do it That was the first me. one. That was it like did. damn snakes. Yes, now I'm like, now you're telling me I can have deal with snakes while I'm crashing because my pilot didn't actually like take the right courses? No, thank you. Doors flying off. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.